right here with Tom. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you. How was yours? Yeah, all right. Quiet. Mm-hmm. Lounging around, which is nice for a, a week before you get going again in the new year. Yeah, so, yeah perfect. In, enjoyed it and watched a bit of football. So mm-hmm. Always nice. The real stuff, not that World Cup nonsense. Yeah, back to the basics. Yeah. I, I guess we'll get onto the football in a bit, but Marcus Rashford scoring a brilliant goal and nearly getting a brilliant second as well. Mm. Didn't half remind me, thinking about the World Cup, of Gareth Southgate giving him 10 minutes in the World <laughs> Cup quarterfinal while chasing a goal. What on earth was he thinking? Bringing on Sterling, who'd just flown back to the UK. And had a day's training. Madness. Absolute mm-hmm. madness. Anyway, mm. there's a few things I thought we could talk about first. It's Alex's birthday, 81 years old. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to the great man. I know he listens. Yes, religiously, religiously. I, yeah, I yeah, that's right. He goes yeah, well, what's he got to do these days except for listen to podcasts? Surprised is... he hasn't got his own podcast, to be honest. That is true. Maybe you could ask him on here. He could be one of the, one of the guests. One Try. Of the regular guest that comes on. Maybe he could replace me. Yeah, I mean, I w- I would gladly step aside uh, for it, for a few weeks. I'd probably come back after a few weeks when people get bored of him, but I'd gladly step aside for the for the time being. We could do some of his Harvard management courses, but you know, on the pod, maybe less thirteen about Premier that, League that. titles, twice did Champions League and Premier League doubles. Only manager to have done it the Premier League. That is, I know football did exist before 1992. Only manager to have won it three times in a row. I think Pep might change that this season. Well, we'll see. Maybe not. I don't know. Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. Great man. Great manager. And then the other bit of news, sadly, Pele has passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that one had been coming. He'd been ill for quite a while and the rumours had been circulating that he was uh, near the end. And, and we're both too young to have seen him play live. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's hard to gauge how brilliant he was. But everyone of that generation says he's the best ever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a mythical figure, Pele. And there's, I think there's been a lot of revisionism from over the years, especially like maybe the social media age of, of Pele's greatness because he's, yeah. because I guess a lot of that came from the jokey thing about him scoring a thousand goals and everyone used to say, yeah, like loads of those were friendlies and stuff. But Adam Bate in on skysports.com, Adam Bate's a great writer in general. He wrote right. a great article about, about Pele and, and kind of uh, debunking the myths regarding him, like a lot of the criticism that's obviously faced Pele and his his legacy for many years, and that's really really great. If if people go and check that out, because it it just kind of answers a lot of the questions that surrounding his mythological figure. But from my understanding, he was unbelievable, and, and the people who've watched far more historical football than me would say he is if not the best player of all time, the second best. Him and Messi are kind of the ones that people say to, because from what my understanding is, Pele had everything about him. He wasn't, mm-hmm. he scored shitloads of goals, but he was also an, a bit like Messi, incredible at everything else as well and brutally good in the air for, like, he wasn't a massive guy. He cut, He had everything about a footballer right. and also he had the pizzazz that a lot of, which kind of makes it even more exciting that, people speak of a lot about him and yeah I I think like I say over the past 20 years or so his legacy has kind of 
been tainted a little bit by almost like by myths but yeah he was truly yeah one of the greatest maybe the greatest on on the i mean I, i've consumed a fair bit over the last couple of days just because I, f- I felt like it like when maradona went mm. i felt like i was that generation right i i saw everything of maradona and and knew how good he was pele not not so much but i mean a couple of the things i enjoyed the netflix documentary mm-hmm. is well worth it. it stops at 1970 which kind of feels a bit odd, but because he did carry on after that, mm-hmm. and then Tim Vickery on second captains. It's a it was a yeah. rebroadcast from his interview last year, but really well worth it. Talking about the man and the player holistically, and and again debunking some of those myths, mm-hmm. and 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 then there's there's quite a bit of YouTube stuff. There's hardly any full matches yeah. on the World Cup. I've seen that final 1970 final a few times, I think, and I mean it feels like a completely different sport. Because mm-hmm. they just they barely go above a walk in the whole yeah. game. <laughs> I mean, it's boiling hot. Yeah, um, for a start, and then there's some stuff from his sort of peak period, which is the kind of early to mid 60s, 62, 63, when I think people when he was he's still only 21 then, but people say that's the best of Pele. And some great highlights from Santos's five two victory at Benfica in the Intercontinental Cup, in which it looks like he's playing a different sport to everyone else. Yeah. I mean, it really does. Just you've got like the Mr. Chumley Warner style football, then sort of jugging around, and then Pele, who's just all touch and just brilliant turns and flicks, and 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 the the acceleration to go with it, and and that feels like that was the striker Pele. And by the time we get to 1970, that that he becomes the sort of the creator Pele, doesn't mm. he? And then he he didn't go to the 74 World Cup, and I didn't know the story behind that actually, and. And a lot of that was him just not wanting to go. He thought he was past his best, even though he was only mm-hmm. in his early 30s. By today's standards, you'd definitely go, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100%. Um, but he thought he, he, he wanted to leave on a on a high. Anyway, there's some brilliant writing and stuff out there about Pele that will do him more justice than we can. And then on the man, of course, because it's easy because he was a contemporary with Ali to say, hey, didn't speak out, you know, mm. the military hunter in Brazil that killed thousands of people. Not quite as bad as in Chile where they were chucking people out of helicopters, but still people got disappeared mm. and he didn't say anything and he became a tool of the regime. But it's, it's I guess we've probably got a both a very Western and a very modern lens on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time, did he have the platform to to speak out? Maybe, maybe not. And then the other criticism is that he didn't do enough for uh, on racial issues. Mm-hmm. Brazil deeply divided, of course. And again, it's very hard for me to make any kind of assessment there. It's like we weren't contemporaries, uh, but those are the two main sort of criticisms of him as a man, alongside the football ones you mentioned. And then, of course, he sold the the boner pills, didn't he? Which, which I, I think speaks to the other thing that Vickery goes into quite deeply, which is a man who grew up in terrible poverty and was almost obsessed with making money after that, and really only made any money once he moved to the states to mm-hmm. join the New York Cosmos in the, in the mid seventies. So. Yeah, because he went bankrupt a couple of times before that. When he was yeah. at Santos, and they yeah. well, they used him. Santos used him a lot to 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 further their bank account, the club's bank account. Right, and there's a couple of times they pulled out of the Copa Libertadores because in they order just wanted to play friendlies. Yeah, yeah, to just go on a, yeah. a, a, a ground hopping mission around the around the world, kind of playing on his name. So I think I think throughout his life, he did become used by people in the same way as. 
Ali was used by a lot of the people around here. Ali was many times throughout his life, like very, very poor. And I think the same thing was was of Pele as well. Like the people around him advising him were fleecing him essentially in the same way that Ali was was fleeced. And yeah, I guess that in time kind of tainted his his legacy and and also I think made Maradona in in contrast a lot more of an appealing person to to get behind because he was anti-establishment he was anti the system whereas Pele was was very much part of of the system and I don't think well what who's it's not really on us to say that he should have done more or or, or like considering his background and what he achieved in in life but I think that was it's just kind of why I think people Maradona appealed to people more than I think Pele did yeah well, that's, that's Pele. I think he was 82 and uh, just a year older than Sir Alex. I assume they met many times. I've seen some I've seen some pictures. And then the other news this week, Cristiano Ronaldo joining in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I, I mean, we sh- I guess we shouldn't have ever doubted it, right? That no. this was going to happen that because he said he wanted to play in the Champions League and because he burnt every bridge with Piers Morgan and said in that Piers Morgan interview that no, no, he wants to play at top level. He wouldn't be going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have a choice uh, there, did he? Like, where else could he have gone? Well, journalists over here in the US are saying that Sporting Kansas City were very close, made him a very attractive offer as a as a as one of their designated players. I mean, <laughs> just I mean, look, there is there is an interesting reason why Ronaldo hasn't stepped foot on in the US for um, <laughs> quite some time, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have my doubts about whether that one would ever have happened. But you know, MLS would be a good competition for him. He'd score bags of goals. It would. I just I think I know I know quite a bit about Kansas City because they have a Hungarian manager and they have a Hungarian player who I'm reasonably close with who plays up top. And they're very much a system-based team. And right. they've been very carefully created over many years. And that plunking Ronaldo into that, I mean... Would destroy that quite quickly. Yes. Yeah. Which is a very interesting thing. I know nothing about Al Nasser, so I'm not sure if he's going to no. sit into their pressing, fit into their pressing system I, that they have there. Vincent Abubakar, yes. obviously, plays over there. Absolute hero from the World it, Cup. Um, yep. I, no, I know nothing about the team at all. I, I did some digging on. I was like, okay, let's try and understand how it works exactly. So the the chairman of the club was previously the chairman of the Saudi Arabian FA and was appointed by one of the crown princes. Yeah, I was like, that. okay, there's a straight line through from the crown prince, by the way, who's the deputy defense minister. So the military political football complex working well there. They, as as ever, the regime. And and sport are very closely tied together. So this is clearly sanctioned from the the highest level. This is about more than sporting performance, mm-hmm. so, and that's why he's getting paid just an astronomical amount of money. Someone someone called it life changing, and I was like, no, Ronaldo's probably got five hundred million in the bank. This is not, he won't even notice it. <laughs> so I mean, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's going to change change his lifestyle <laughs> one bit. I don't think so at all either. <laughs> No, he's clearly this is the football secondary thing here. This is he, he, this is semi-retirement and an ambassadorial role ahead of the 2030 World Cup bid. Mm-hmm. So, 
where the Saudis will have both Messi and Ronaldo on their payroll. Yeah, those Messi adverts were so weird. I don't know if anyone saw them during the World Cup, but he doesn't even look like it's him. He's like he's superimposed onto the head of someone. It's it's really weird. Messi gets away with it a lot, to be honest. He, he's he does. got a lot of yeah. very dodgy sponsorship deals. Saudi being one, yeah. Qatar being another. I don't know how he's been able yeah. to man- manage the political divide there between the two, but he's been able to... Well, they're to... all best buddies now, aren't they? You know, oh, they're yeah, all wearing true. half and half scarves during the World Cup. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Messi gets away with it a lot, but I suppose. And, and I'm sure Messi, when he gets to the end of his career, will be going to maybe not to Qatar or maybe not to Saudi, but his mate Xavi obviously went to Qatar. But Me- yep. Messi will be going to wherever the money's best towards the end as well. Yeah, I mean, he definitely doesn't need it either. I don't think he signed that extra deal with Paris Saint-Germain, but the rumours were going around that he was about to sign an extra deal. Of course, there's been a lot of talk about MLS and into Miami and his desire to be trained by Phil Neville. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Just to round off the perfect career. That would tough, yeah, that would really top it all off, wouldn't it? But Ronaldo, man, there was that thing that went around on Twitter with, I think it was was Messi lifting the World Cup and, and Ronaldo with his new... Al Nasser shirt and it said the most brutal end to a sporting rivalry in history I was like yep it's all just yep. come down falling down so so fast this season like at the start that, of the season that one hits harder than a Greta Thunberg tweet doesn't it I mean it's just <laughs> oh man yeah one goal in the Premier League absolutely set fire to his legacy at Manchester United and uh, we'll be seeing out his career playing in the Saudi Arabian Premier League and a super embarrassing World Cup where he got dropped for a guy who scored a hat trick in the next game, which is just, just wild. Chef's kiss, sweet, wasn't it? Who's writing these now? So I, I, obviously, I have no sympathy for the man because I don't like him because he's a massive narcissist and and probably a criminal. But you know, hey, not proven, never proven guilty, etc., and fully denied, etc., and so on. And and then he just came back and ruined Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely ruined the club. I mean, I know the club was doing a good job of doing it that themselves as yeah. well, but yeah. he didn't help. And and then just to go out the way he did, just burning everything when when he could have just left in the summer. Yeah. Just, yeah. Anyway, no no sympathy. We. Hopefully we won't see much of him. I'm now assuming he's just going to be the face of adverts, basically, and he'll play the odd game. I wonder whether he's even going to move there, whether he just flies in for the games. Yeah, that's true. I've not, yeah, I've not even thought about that. Also, Al Nasser are not even in the Asian Champions League. so They're not. They didn't qualify. <laughs> Although they're in a good position to qualify this season, so doing quite well. Until Ronaldo turns up and ruins their high-pressing Exactly. I, I, I mean, I think Vincent Obubakar was, yeah, great fun in the World Cup, but I didn't think he was the most dynamic of strikers in the world. He's quite a, well, he's a bit of a poacher. So to have those two up front is going to be some interesting. And also, Obubakar thinks of himself really highly. I don't know if you heard the quotes before the tournament where he yeah. compared himself to Salah. And he says, yeah. yeah, Salah scores so many goals because he plays for a good club. So, hmm. yes, he did. Yeah, I can imagine yeah. them two falling out quite quickly, to be fair. That's that's the thing with football. There's loads of players who are absolutely brilliant who are just unfairly in League Two. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It just happens all the time. Yeah, there's no meritocracy at all. <laughs> uh, so. Ronaldo, it works in the reverse as well. Ronaldo, exactly where he should be. I think it's perfect for him. Yeah. Anyway, good luck. There was football today. There was. It was. 
was, it was dreadful. Yeah, it wasn't the most exciting. <laughs> how 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 does it happen? I mean, Yulan Lopetegui is is a good coach. He actually doesn't coach really boring sides. Hmm. At all, I mean, I think he's had some pretty good sides under his time. So, yeah, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. It's only his third game, but this was exactly the same pattern as every Manchester United <laughs> versus Wolves game for what feels like the last century or so, yeah. wasn't it? Just, just awful. And Wolves dragging us down to their level. I think. I mean, you couldn't string pass together for especially the first forty-five. Yeah, w- Wolves are just. I mean, for almost their entire time they've been in the Premier League, have just been awful to watch like they've never been good at scoring goals they've actually been pretty good defensively almost throughout and yeah it was just the same again today like it was the same every Man United game that Man United Wolves game that we've had for the past what five or six years I think they I heard a stat that something like the last 10 fixtures between the two clubs like only there's only been one goal decided either way and well we should have really change that today like that that Rashford disallowed goal is is so annoying especially when you compare so frustrating isn't it when you compare that to Nathan Collins blocking the ball with his hand yeah when that is potentially going in the net yeah why is that I I, and I think that's what Ten Hag was trying to make the point on the sideline but it's like you can't argue because that's they are the rules but the rules that is the rule yeah Rules are really stupid. The fact that you have at least two different handball rules. I mean, actually, it's more, isn't it? Mm. Because Nathan Collins, arm in, arm in natural position, therefore no penalty. Marcus Rashford, arm in natural position, therefore penalty because he scored it. But if he'd passed it and Bruno Fernandes had tapped it in on the goal line, it would have been a goal. That yeah. would have stood yeah, yeah. because it's arm in natural position. I mean, there was one last season, wasn't there, with, was it Spurs? Where it was passing the goal, but if Larissa had just let the striker score, it wouldn't have been a goal. If he just stood aside. <laughs> that is ridiculous. It's it's madness that you get so many like it depends on the context and the position on the pitch, whether it's handball or not, and that just it makes it very difficult for fans to kind of understand and get along with and it. And you wonder in time, like if a player is it's, it's, it would require incredible speed of thought for Rashford to realise that the ball hit his hand. What would he do? Like turn around, try and smash it off, off the Wolves defenders, to try and get it in, so it's an own goal. Like that would be a goal too. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And, Any touch would be a goal. And I don't understand the handball, the Nathan Collins one. And I, I, I guess he can't really do anything about his arm, but his arm is is making his body bigger because it's it's on it's it to is, the side. Yeah. If that happens on the goal line, that would be a handball, wouldn't it? I think. I don't think it has to be uh, because it's blocking. Because what? Because, denial of goal scoring opportunity. Or, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been, yeah, I, right. I got sent off this season playing at my level for, for the same thing because it happened on the line. And that's what the ref said to me. Right. I don't know how good the refs are at my level. So he might have just been making it up. But it, but that's what my understanding is. If the ball's going in, like I think. but uh, So that's four different handball rules. We yeah. just. Like, uh, but then but also. In that 30 second segment. What's to say that that shot from i can't remember who it was that that wasn't going in anyway because like it's going past yeah. him and potentially into the goal so like i don't know the, the handball rule is it's silly is my take my hot take on this yeah it well it is it is it's not clean and and it, it I, I i'm not it's, it's not like it takes away from the entertainment but it, it's unclear and i think that creates confusion mm. as a result so a, a bit like the offside law 
it could do with just being cleaned up a little bit, mm-hmm. I think. Which they've tried to do with this natural unnatural position thing. Yeah. But as you say, Collins, his body is bigger. I mean, I know your arms are literally hanging off the side of your body so yeah. they make things bigger but still yeah anyway i before that he's got a brilliant goal yes uh, after being chucked under the bus by by uh, ten hag in the in the pre-match interview i thought very yeah it's very interesting <laughs> apparently it's been confirmed that he was late for for training and that's why he right. got the discipline i think that was a Put. Probably feeding hungry kids. You don't want to do that. <laughs> so, not, not, not on Marcus. Yeah. Well, look, at least that's consistent, mm-hmm. isn't it? From Ten Hag, Ronaldo, Garnacho, Rashford. Doesn't matter who you are. If you don't follow the rules, you're you're going to be dropped. Yeah. And he he could have just said, "Oh, he's ill. He's got the virus. Everyone else had." It it so is really in- could have done. Yeah, it is very interesting what he has done and and been really forthright with it. I think Shaw came out afterwards. Shaw said some very interesting things after the game. Let me see if I can find it. It was it was along the lines of people have been get okay. Here we go. People can't do whatever they want. Maybe that has been the problem in the past. People getting away with silly things, but the manager takes that into consideration. You saw today. If you don't keep standards high, you won't play. Which is very interesting to say about Marcus Rashford from Shaw. But right, I guess. I guess that's it's also maybe talking about himself there in in many respects because Shaw right. Shaw definitely hasn't kept hand, standards high over the last few years and 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 I think he is right with what he says there but it's yeah it's, it's bold of him to say that and Rat- he's very forthright in interviews isn't he, he always Shaw, is Luke Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mean, yeah 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 doesn't doesn't skirt around things well look it, it's definitely helped that Rashford has come on and scored yes. I think that'll and United won, it'll tamper down some of the debate because if United had lost this game mm. after Rashford had been dropped and publicly and publicly called out, I, I think it would have been a bit more toxic. I'm not saying it's a real problem because at least it's consistent from Ten Hag. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, if it was Jose, I think we might have a different take on that. That like, is true. Just call out my probable hypocrisy yeah so my hypothetical hypocrisy here but I, I probably would have been much more critical but Ten Hag's got quite a lot of credit in the bank at the moment I mean yeah. that is 17 wins from 22 wow. it's five wins in a row since Ronaldo last played for the club mm-hmm. which was in early November we should probably at some point draw a line and say this is the post Ronaldo we'll never talk about him again on this show <laughs> that would be beautiful his name will Therefore, never be mentioned. He'll just be the Portuguese player. Great for listeners and yeah. presenters alike, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair enough. Yeah, it's it's like saying post Fergie era. We had to we had to retire that one at some point, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah, I, but I think I think with Ten Hag, like it was bold, and yeah, it does look in some terms that he kind of threw him under the bus, but it's played out perfectly. Really, it's yeah. kind of shown that Rashford, who is for all intents and purposes potentially our main player at the moment I, you could argue with Casemiro oh, is yeah Casemiro and Varane obviously two awesome figures in that team as well but all the all the talk is around Rashford and to drop him of all people is is really bold and then for Rashford obviously to come on and score not look like he was like having a Mardi or, or having a Paddy just playing in the same way he always does have a massive smile on his face after scoring have a hug with Van with Ten Hag after the game like it's yeah, it's kind of played out perfectly, and then I guess people in the future will. I, I guess the thing with also about being late is, in an ideal world, you want people to turn up early if to to, to train in. So it, it's kind of even more unforgivable if you're turning up late. It's like 
come on, it, do you, are you really committed? And I guess that's kind of what he's saying is laying down the law. And it, in, in yeah. a bad way, in, in another world, like we go and lose that game. De Gea doesn't get to Ruben Neves' free kick. He doesn't get to the header at the header at the end from the corner. And yeah, there's a lot of talk, but in, it's just worked out perfectly. In the end, it's worked out perfect. Mm. Yeah, and no, it has. Yeah, great goal as well. Just the, not only just how direct he is, and and the one two, but how strong he is mm. as well. Because he is strong, but he doesn't use no. his body like that. No. Or hasn't been, and I think that was just like, yeah, great. This is the best of Marcus. Exactly what we want. He's going to get a lot of goals if he does that as well. I mean, I know he's inconsistent with his finishing, but he gets into very dangerous positions. Yeah. It's th- and if he keeps doing that, if he stays fit, like touch wood, touch everything, pray to whatever God you believe in that he stays fit. United you know, really need him. He he will get 20 goals this season. I mean, he's on 12 now mm-hmm. all, across all competitions. And, and maybe he should be getting more with his talent. Yeah, really important, especially since uh, Anthony Martial had one of his off days. I mean, I'd say three out of four games he actually plays it off, aren't yeah. they, probably? I mean, like eight seasons now at United. I know we're all delighted he's fit because we need a number nine because another one isn't coming in by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. But still, just, it was bad today, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think like you say about the strength of Rashford, like the, the tenacity that he's kind of playing within those in that in that final third, like that, like the tenacity with, like just yeah, doing everything he can to hold off the defender in that for the first goal. The same with the second, like really like doing everything he can, putting all of his force into getting that shot away. There was another one in earlier in the season where I can I just remember players almost like bouncing off in him and holding them off. It's like the tenacity and the ferociousness that he has in in the final third this season is really stark. Com- contrast to, to previous and that's almost in stark contrast in many ways like to Anthony Martial as well like Martial did nothing today really he dropped deep a couple of times to pick up the ball but what did we see from him and he also missed a massive chance with that header which he <clears throat> fluffed, yeah. fluffed oh, to God, Anthony yeah. Didn't, yeah who fluffed his header yeah, too. yeah. Uh, offside anyway Anthony but, but yeah, yeah but Martial yeah really Martial bad. wasn't if, if he just literally just connected with that header anything like yeah he would have obviously yeah, put, yeah. put us one on. five six yards out wasn't mm. he so it's just, i mean it's deeply frustrating I, I i mean the stats show i mean rashford's expected goals is much higher playing off the left than it is through the center and, and double what it is when he plays off the right mm. he's just going to score more and assist more when he's playing off the left and i think it's because he can be very direct and the pitch is all in front of him rather than yeah. when he's playing through the middle when he sometimes has to play with his back to goal or it's two versus one although in theory he can go both ways it's not running into the channels that he's big is really the big strength yeah. um, he plays with space brilliantly the ball in front of him. So, I, you know, I flip-flopped over the years on this one. I thought he could become a number nine, but I think he's just much more dangerous playing off the left where he comes inside, which means he needs someone to play off. And there are now no options other than Anthony Martial. That's it. Mm-hmm. The, the, so. Yeah, the, the thing with Rashford, for me, more than anything, is, is kind of the back-to-goal-ness. Like, we talked about his strength there and his tenacity, but for whatever reason, he can't he can't back into defenders. They just push him. And he's not good at like, yeah, he's just not good at that. He doesn't have the strength of... Got to use his ass more, hasn't he? doesn't he? have one though, does he? He's, he's he's almost like a like a straight line down. Whereas like, I don't know, your, your big lads of yesteryear 
who can just back in, like I guess you Diego Costa, who was a shadow of himself today playing for Wolves. Yeah. He he was obviously great at that, but he's just he just doesn't look like he's made to be a striker in that regard. And and like you say, it's when he's just facing forward, which you, you are most of the time as a left winger, he's just so much more impactful. And I almost I almost think that debate's almost over now. Like you still hear about he still hear it on TV. I think Michael Owen was talking about it on Prime the other day in, in midweek and they were talking about oh where is he best? But I almost think that ship sailed and he's he just is best yeah. on the left. I think they interviewed him after the game and he's he said that in as in as many words that I prefer to play on the left, I'm better on the left. And that Yeah, and there's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. and and this this yeah, yeah. and it's just a problem like we don't have anyone who plays through in the middle and also I think that with Garnacho, like Garnacho seems to be best off the left as well it's going to be he's going to be very difficult for because of his frame to play through the middle I think as well yeah yeah I mean it it would be it would not be a focal point I mean I think Garnacho could play through the middle with his directness and speed but it'd be a very different style of forward there and I, I think I mean if you look at Ten Hag's sort of history as well he does like a forward mm-hmm. in there United should spend the money I mean if it beca- proves to be the difference between finishing third or fourth or not yeah it's worth the money but of course the and, and I know United spent huge amounts in the summer overspent overpaid for Anthony in particular which is now looking like, I mean, given his two performances in the past week or so, he's looking like a hell of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, the talent's there, but the application isn't mm-hmm. yet. So, yeah, that's that's the thing that's going to stop United getting a forward, and that might be the difference between finishing in the top four or not. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's like it is squeaky bum time in there already, isn't it? Because the difference in quality between United Spurs and Chelsea and Liverpool is minimal. Mm-hmm. I think I probably said this on the last pod. I, there just isn't a lot of difference, and... So it's going to be really, really tight. And it looks like Chelsea are, are trying to bring in Enzo Fernandez. We'll see whether Benfica can resist that or not. But it'll be a, a brilliant addition. Yeah. Liverpool have brought in Cody Gakpo. We know he scores goals. He's going to solve a bit of a problem they have with injuries to Jota and, and Diaz. I don't know. I don't think Spurs will spend. But uh, Liverpool and Chelsea are both strengthening this winter. That gives them something of an advantage in that in that in that race to the top four. We don't know what Newcastle will do. Mm. I mean, obviously, they've got unlimited funds to spend. Unless the Saudis have run out of money now, they've given it all to Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. That would have been very funny if, if if Newcastle would have signed Ronaldo. But, yeah, Celebi. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Stuck him in that green and white kit they've got. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, what, what else? Any Anything else we can call out? From today's game. I thought game. Luke Shaw I mean, again was excellent. To Luke Shaw, yeah, brilliant at centre half. I mean, I did look at that and I, I thought Diego Costa versus Luke Shaw, that's not really fair <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a, a challenge, but they didn't get the ball anywhere near him and he's just not, he's gone. He's, he hasn't scored in nine games for Wolves. Yeah, he doesn't look the same player he's, at all. No, he's not at all. But I think he was yeah. playing in Brazil before this as well, so it seemed like a very odd signing a kind of player who's passed it very much. I mean, he even looked past it towards the end of his Atletico Madrid days as well, which when yeah. was that? Two years ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last goal he scored was at Atletico Mineiro. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. Very comfortable. Again, looks good passing out from the back as well. I mean, I, I, I don't know whether Harry Maguire is still sort of lingering illness and Victor Lindelof lingering injuries. They were both on mm. the bench. So... 
can't be that bad. No, I know. But, but sure, yeah, just feels that sort of left side is very tenacious. Didn't get beaten in the air, as far as I can remember. Um, the passing maps, if you look at those, they're all they're all De Gea, Shaw, Malassia. That's definitely the pattern. He's just he just makes he's made everything in the two games so far, and we obviously need to take into account the opposition. Like Wolves have scored the least goals in the Premier League. I think maybe Forest have scored the second least. Right. So we're not been playing against the big sides, but yes. he has dealt with everything very comfortably. And I just like his body position in, in a lot of times. He can use his pace when a ball gets knocked over his head, like. Maguire would be like stumbling after it. You can just imagine it. He has more agility than Maguire as well. Like you saw Maguire almost fall into the Stretford end when he got sold with that dummy against Emmanuel Dennis against Forrest. Like Shaw hasn't done that at all. Like he's just been very comfortable. And and I think he spoke about Varane being a great person beside him to chat him through the game. And like I say, the opposition have been quite poor, but he just, he looks very, looked very solid and, in, like you say, in yeah, terms yeah. of coming forward, I know Mac- Maguire is good at coming forward with a lot of the time, but there's a there's a, a calmness, there's a sureness, a cleanliness to the way that Shaw comes forward as well. And obviously, being a left back, you, you're going to get that. So it, it's going to be one to watch. Like obviously, Martinez is the person to come back in. I don't think Malassi had the greatest game today going forward. I think he, in terms of cleanliness, doesn't have a lot of that with with his passing. I think he's tenacious. Going backwards, it's just going forwards. I think sometimes we, I think Shaw is better at that. So I think it just kind of yep. makes sense to just bring, yeah, Martinez and then Shaw. But it's a good option to have. And I didn't think that would be the case, to be honest. And it might show up against a better team, obviously, but it's done well. Yeah, I mean, the def- defensive instincts are there. The problem would be the ball that's played in the space between his his area of the pit, his zone and, and Malassia's zone, the Wolves just didn't do that mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and so that that would not be a like a defensive action that Shaw is used to facing. Yeah. And and I I guess it just sounds a bit Graham Sooness to say, well, something in the air. Because we, we've seen Luke Shaw struggle at the back post in the yeah. past. It's not like that's a new thing to say. It's not just about his height. I mean, Wikipedia tells us that Luke Shaw is six foot one, famously. Mm-hmm adding a few inches to his Wikipedia page. Every time it gets edited to be more accurate, <laughs> to be like 5'10 or whatever he really yeah. is, he goes in there and changes <laughs> it again, doesn't he? Yeah. It's probably got an alert. It's so. probably got yeah, an alert on go. it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Go, I will be 6 for one But anyway, yeah, as soon as Martinez has had weeks of training and they've done some blood tests to work out exactly how much alcohol he drank. <laughs> <laughs> so... He was asked, actually, at Ten Hag in the pre-match pe- press conference, is Martinez still drunk? <laughs> and he was like, no, I don't think so. so yeah, we'll see how much time he needs. Uh, but I presume he'll be back in the side and sure will be back at left back. Now, on the other side, I mean, uh, as soon as Diego Dallo is fit again, Aaron Wan-Bazaka will be at the side. Not because he's done anything wrong defensively. Actually, he's yeah, done I think right he's done well. I think in the last two games, it's the attacking mm. output. There's just nothing there. Yeah at all it's not just like how many assists he gets it's how much he manages to progress the ball either through running or passing mm-hmm. into the final third it's almost nothing yeah like so it's it's just a, a negative and especially with Anthony being so inconsistent <sighs> on that side of the pitch I, th- I think I, I really do think Dallo I, I can't believe I'm saying it but <laughs> I think he is a much more important player to United than Wan-Bissaka. Yeah, I mean, I mean D- Dallo so. even displaced Cancelo at the World Cup 
for for Portugal. Did. Yeah, and yeah, like it's like I I can't believe I'm saying it either, but he has been really good this season. I think United. I was thinking this throughout the game today that I, I saw the stat that we haven't lost any points from winning positions this season, and I think that kind of speaks to the team that we have. We we have we still right. have a team that's kind of set up for counter attacking. I think in the fact that when we had the ball today, there was long periods of of the game where we just didn't look like we were going to create anything. We didn't look particularly vulnerable defensively, but as soon as we went one nil up, the, the players there's, there are types of players in that team who really come into their own. Like Anthony, who's really good at times at, at tracking his man. There was one where a Anori. Almost, almost would have been through, but Anthony trapped him all the way and right. did, did excellently. And he's, and he's tenacious in his defensive work. I know he got criticised. He's good defensively. Yeah, he got criticised yeah. for that earlier in the United season when he just stuffed, I think it was the City game, where he got criticised quite heavily. But he's good at that. And, and as I was saying about Malassia, that he's really good defensively. It's just going forward, he's not that great. And then obviously Wan-Bissaka today. Like you've got Fred, who was on the pitch at t- towards the end, who's again similar, Casemiro, and and yeah, and yeah. It's just like when we have a lot of the ball, we don't particularly look like scoring that often, but defensively we look really solid and good. And and, and every time we go into a lead, it doesn't really look like we're going to throw it away. I know they had a chance with the header from the corner, but that's a set piece. But from open play again, and I know. It's Wolves. They don't score many Hardly goals, anything. but yeah, it's quite yeah. it's quite encouraging in that respect. I think I think United built a lot of control, which is obviously what Ten Hag mm-hmm. wants, and, and Casemiro is obviously brilliant with that. Eriksen's efficient with the ball in midfield, but he's not creating a lot of chances from no. that position. Bruno is creating a lot of chances, although it felt like I didn't think he was that good today. No, a bit off it. He, I haven't seen the number of chances he created, but before today's game, he was second only to Kevin De Bruyne in chances created in the Premier wow. League. Uh, and yeah, so he's not scoring, but as he said himself in the interview in midweek, he said his all round game's better, and I agree mm-hmm. with that. Right? He's he's playing in a slightly deeper sort of double eight, a little bit further forward than Ericsson. But it's it, so United can gain some control, but there is a there is a bit of a trade off mm-hmm. there. I, it, it'd be interesting again, like bringing the forward in. It's not just about the goals the forward might score, but how the team plays around yeah. him as well. And I just don't know if there's enough confidence in Martial that he's going to keep the ball when he's got the ball because he yeah. doesn't really. That players can gamble on that uh, and like get really close to him. So I, it would make a big difference, I think. I do wonder whether, I mean, there's also talk again about Frankie de Jong being available if Barcelona might let him go. I know he's played a lot for Barcelona this season, but again, he would give United a lot of control and he progresses the ball fantastically yeah. well. So, I mean, speculating, of course, because there's no money in the kitty and United aren't going to spend a big amount, it seems, this winter. But yeah, de- definitely a problem. And, and it could be the difference between making the Champions League and not making the Champions League. And that is well worth the spend. So I'm just thinking, obviously, we need a striker. Ronaldo's gone to Al Nasser. Maybe Vincent Abubakar is free. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> he's got the confidence and he likes to chip <laughs> yes he? or a scoop <laughs> that was a beautiful scoop as well actually ah oh, yeah yeah very nice we saw donny van der Beek for 10 minutes and i mention him only so i can bring up this tweet which i think is a magnificent piece of commentary from c vandela one on twitter it says donny van der Beek, 
also known as Schrodinger's midfielder, an elaborate European thought experiment in which it's impossible to know whether he's actually on the pitch or not until you see him walking off at the end of the game, (laughs) Uh, which is very true. Although you can also tell he's on the pitch because he gives the ball away every time he gets hit. (laughs) It's the subtle clue you've got to look out for. But yeah, completely pointless. I was going to say human. That's unfair. Completely pointless footballer. Just... I, I heard, I think it was Gilberto Silva called Casemiro the invisible man at the World Cup because he does all the all the the, the difficult stuff with ease. Whereas that's surely yep. Donny van der Beek. He's got to be the invisible man. Truly yeah, invisible. <laughs> yes. Even his own players but, don't by see the way, him yeah. because it's like, do we, should we give him the ball? Probably not. No, not worth it. <laughs> and he... Andy Townsend on NBC commentary, commentating a co-coms with friend of the show, Stuart Gardner. Yeah, I was watching on the United. Uh, I was watching on that feed and it was interesting. I didn't realise he did that. Yeah, did the, the yeah, yeah. The first time I'd actually yeah. heard him. It might be a new gig. So maybe he's done other non-United games. Yeah. I thought he kept it fairly neutral. <laughs> it was today, very because, weird hearing he, that. Like, obviously, he used to him just doing the MUTV thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Townsend said, Casemiro, will we really see it in the, the big games? That's five times Champions League winner, <laughs> Casemiro. Doesn't do it in no, the big games. <laughs> I mean, congratulations for your take. The other the 10 week. players have done Great very stuff. well in those five Champions Leagues to, to make up yeah, for the fact right. that Casemiro has never played well in a big game. <laughs> Just ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's not one that's going to make the uh, football cliches pod for commentate, commentating of the year. But anyway, but by the way, the football cliches end of the year special, two part special, is just absolutely perfect. A one should be top of your podcast feed. Great stuff. Not being paid to say it, just great entertainment. It is always a great show. That so, show, perfect. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. All right. I got anything else? Any other thoughts? No, I think this is just good encouraging to keep the momentum going, really. Especially as, as like you say, the Rashford thing really could have turned a little bit sour. Not incredibly sour, but a little bit like you've left the milk in the fridge for too long. But it didn't. Yeah. And we've kept the momentum going. We've got another win, another clean sheet. So happy days, really. Next game is Everton in the FA Cup in a week's time or so but there's no midweek game this week which is a weird a weird thing to say used to games every other day yeah but uh, yeah no midweek game Everton in the cup Everton who are absolutely dreadful yes lost to Wolves as well in the last game just how do you how can you lose to Wolves Wolves scored two goals in that game two just (laughs) that's how bad Everton are Frank Lampard, I mean, I know he is a joke, obviously, and the world is seeing it, but he seriously only gets jobs because he used to be England's Frank Lampard, yeah. right? There's just nothing it's, it's, else about him. It, it, it's, it's like him and Gerard. If they're going to, are they really going to get jobs after this? They will. They, I, I, ask, I ask, will yeah, they? Yeah, they will. Of course will. they will. And then you get people on TalkSport like, I guess, an impartial guy like Harry Redknapp. Going on the uh, going on Talkspot and going, yeah, but he's, he's he did a really good job at Chelsea. He did a good job at Derby. He took them from sixth to sixth, and he <laughs> he got Everton yeah. involved in a relegation scrap. Or, and and he'll get. Oh. I, I mean, the th- the thing is, I just don't I don't see where Everton are going to score that many goals. I mean, they're pretty 
bad at the back. I mean, Tarkovsky's a decent player. Yeri Mino's never been the player he promised mm-hmm. to be. Midfield, they're not very good anymore. And then up front, Mope, McNeil and Gordon. There's no goals oh, coming there. that is it's, I mean, Dwight, Dwight McNeil, who got one assist all last season. <laughs> is it No goals and one assist. Neil Mope, he really can't score. I mean, when Brighton are dumping well, you for not scoring The thing up. is, at Brighton, they were creating so many chances and he was just missing them all. Yeah. And Anthony Gordon, who looks like a piece of bad business for Everton turning down that bit from yeah. Chelsea. I mean, he may, he may come good. And I'm being unfair because he, he, he looks like he's got some talent, but no confidence. Yeah, right at least he has a little bit of talent compared to the other two. Like, the other two are just, oh, championship fodder, really. I mean, their team is their team. Their team is really bad, actually. Like you think about, yeah, Under Ancelotti. What was that? Three seasons ago, they looked like a potential bet for the top four, and they've disintegrated so quickly. I mean, they're, they're fully in the relegation mm. fight. I mean, as we speak, they're playing City, so let's just assume they lose that five one. nil. But they are they're right there. They're a point above Wolves and Forest. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I, and yeah. I thought. Wolves did okay today and obviously they beat Everton. I think I think Wolves under Lopetegui will be probably fine. Mateus Cunha is a really good signing for them, I think, as well. Uh, he is. He doesn't score bags of goals, but he's a, he's yeah, a real live forward, wire. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I think we did well to win that game today because they were always going to have a new manager bounce under Lopetegui, who's a very intense guy. Another, yeah, another good one, good win to get out of the way. It was like, oh God, why did they have to why did they have to have him? The fixtures go like that. So we play them so quickly after a new manager bounce. But we, we didn't. I think Wolves will probably be fine. But I think Everton really need to get rid of Lampard sooner rather than later so they can get their own manager, new manager bounce and get a proper manager yeah. in rather than just some Burke used to play for play football for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no, you're totally right. And I mean, there's just nothing about Lampard. He's got no no real charisma. He's... Pulls out the same formula for every interview. It's been has been well documented on the internet. Serious joke. Serious. He's achieved nothing at any of the clubs he's been at. Of any note, there's you can point to any progression in players and or team. I yeah, think I think get rid of him. By the way, just a just a mention for Lopetegui attire today. Mm-hmm. I saw that brown brown <laughs> yeah. raw neck bold. I'd say bold. Yes. Yeah, I saw that that was going on around a lot on um, on Twitter. Actually, is is as attire. Spanish managers in general, like Guardiola's got a very interesting attire on the on the sideline as well. Interesting. It's... He does, yeah. Guardi- well, Guardiola has that punch on for wearing like overly distressed yeah. jeans. Like they're too light and they've been too yeah, distressed. Yeah, sometimes cargo pants um, as well. And the kind of distressing that you know that's not he's not worn it a long time. They're just like five hundred pound yeah, pairs of jeans. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah anyway Lobdegui good coach bad bad <laughs> choice of role maybe that's now. where Lampard's going wrong he needs to change up the attire and it might make him a better manager because two managers we spoke about are good managers no maybe we can ease him into retirement with a win in the cup it would be nice wouldn't it to win the FA Cup I mean I know we say this every year but it's just it's been a yes, while yes it would be we not, well to be honest it'd be nice to just win a trophy Yes. Any. Yeah. <laughs> We're not counting the, what do they call it? The Champions Cup? The one we won in Thailand oh, yeah, in pre-season? Yeah. Big win. Big win. 
Massive trophy, literally. (laughs) Massive. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I guess we'll leave it there. Thanks, Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Listeners, we'll catch you again after Everton. Bye now.